0: If we had not had a chance to meet yet, my name is Ryan, and I'm your host team pastor here at The Brick. Um, Hopefully, I want to take a few moments to echo what you've either already heard or you already feel, which is that we are excited that you're here this morning. The Brick Church is a place that loves, I mean, we just love people. Um, And we have another way of saying that we love people, and it goes like this, is that we want this to be a place that you can belong before you believe. And what we mean by that is, is that you can come in here and have absolute certainty for the plans and the call of God on your life, or you can come in here and have a thousand questions and a thousand doubts, and both of those people can come in here and they can both experience God. You can do it at your own pace. We don't want to rush you. You can belong here before you believe. Hopefully, if you haven't felt like that already, we want to endeavor to make you feel right at home here because we believe that God does things in groups of people and we're excited that you're here at our 1130 experience. I've got an opportunity to preach this morning. I told the 10 o'clock that I might not get to do the 1130 depending on how it went. And no one asked me to not yet. So hopefully that means that this isn't going to be horrible. Um, but, but anyways, I was visiting with God and I was asking God, hey, you know what do you, what do you want me to talk about? And he said, how about you talk about me? And I was like, yeah, I get that. Um, He's like, more specifically, let's talk about the Holy Spirit. And I understand that... In church, we hear a lot about our Father God and His love, and we hear a lot about Jesus Christ and His sacrifice on the cross, but we don't hear a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. And even sometimes when you do... you don't think so much about the Holy Spirit, but you think about what you've seen somebody do when they said they were representing Him. And hopefully this morning we can bring some clarity to the work of the Holy Spirit in our life because actually I found out that there was a poll and they say that one in three people are actually weird. So you can't look at what a weird person does and call it God and say, hey, you know, that's God. Um, matter of fact, if you look to the right and to the left and neither one of those people look weird, that te- so. Anyways, um, but sometimes I believe that our representation of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, we look at maybe what we've seen Him do or we've heard He's done, and we say, you know what, I don't want anything to do with that Holy Spirit, but He's so much more, He's so much greater, He's so much better. So again, I hope this morning we can bring some clarity to the topic, so when you leave here you say, hey, it would be great for the Holy Spirit to be working in my life. Um, Let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to John chapter 14. I believe in order to be accurate, We need to find out what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. So John chapter 14, verse 16, it reads like this. It says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. Let's back back to the beginning of it. Jesus is talking. He said, I'm going to ask the Father that he will give you another helper So I think it's important for us to understand that according to Jesus and the descriptive word he used for the Holy Spirit is that his primary role in our life is going to be to help. The Holy Spirit has been sent to help. He's been sent to us to help. And you can see that even in the initial conversation about him. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1 right fast. This is the first time that he is mentioned. And it says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, that's the Holy Spirit, was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. A lot of theologians think that there's actually a time gap in the first and second part of verse 1. Let me explain it. They said that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and then anything that God has ever created has been great, it's been mighty, it's been beautiful, it's been wonderful. But then it says the earth that it talks about Him creating was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And what they believe is, is that there was a time span between the first part and the second part and God created the heavens and the earth. And before he says the second spot is where God kicked the devil out of heaven and he fell to earth. to earth. matter of fact, Isaiah says it like this. He said, I saw the great serpent Lucifer fall from heaven like lightning. So the enemy, the devil, he rebelled in his heart and then he fell down here on earth and then everything that is nasty that is him, he turned loose on the earth and he just went ramsack over everything, tearing everything up. And then you see the first mention of the Holy Spirit. What is he doing? He is helping the Father get the earth ready. God decided, hey, you know what? That's enough of that. I'm fixing to create man. I'm going to give him dominion on this earth, but I can't do it alone. So he sends the Holy Spirit down to earth to get it Ready for the word of God, and if you're in here this morning, you said, "What's the role of the Holy Spirit in my life?" He is always getting you ready for what God's going to say to you next, what's going to do with you next, what God has for you next. He is this great helper. It says that He moved over the surface of the waters. Some older translations says that He hovered over the surface of the waters, and that's kind of a trigger word for me personally because when I think of the word hover, I'm not really enticed. I think of I think of when I was growing up, my grandpa would always help us work on our trucks, and I appreciate the help, but he would be so close to you, breathing on you that you couldn't fix anything. So when I think of help that hovers, I think of that sometimes. Or when I think of hovering, I think of... Um, Just occasionally, my children, have you ever felt like that? But I mean, it's important that we give our kids time. Don't misunderstand, don't misquote. Um, Oftentimes, we don't give them enough. But there are some times where you need to handle business. And I think of them hovering. When I think of the word hover, I think of my oldest son's hoverboard. I can't master it, and I get on it, You know, I'm kind of like this. So pretty much every connotation I personally have for the word hover seems to be negative. But it's negative in those forms, but it's different here. So what I want you to know about the Holy Spirit is that He is the help that hovers. He is the help that is always available. He is the help that is always there. He is ever-present help. He is a huge help. He is a always there help. He is a when you need him help. When I was growing up, we said it like this that he was the ever-present help in time of need. That's a lot, but what he's saying is is that when you need him, he is there. He's the help that hovers. So that's where you see the introduction. ...of the Holy Spirit in Genesis chapter 1... ...and let's fast forward to where he made another grand entrance... ...in Acts chapter 2... Jesus had given the disciples some instructions. And he says this. He says, it's better for me, that for you, that I go so that the helper can come. But as I go, you need to go and you need to tarry, you need to pray, and you need to wait. There was 120 of them, and they were doing exactly what Jesus asked. And they're praying, and they're tarrying, and they're waiting in a place that was called the upper room. And then the Bible gives some huge descriptive words. It says, like a loud noise, a mighty rushing wind, the Holy Spirit came from heaven. And when he came from heaven... Um, There was tongues of fire that fell on the people. And what I want to point out is this, is that Peter was one of the ones in the room. And the Bible says that when Peter was in that experience, he walked out because he was so full of God's help. He just had to tell somebody. You ever had... God be so good to you that you had to communicate it. And if you haven't, if you will walk with him long enough, you will have a moment where you're like, I I just need to share what he has done for me. Peter's in that moment. But what I want to show you the difference in Peter is this. If you rewind it just a few months before, Peter was on the road to Calvary with Jesus. And just like Jesus had prophesied, he denied Jesus three times. As a matter of fact, he was so ashamed of Jesus that it says he denied him to a little child he couldn't even look at a little child and say yes i follow jesus but you fast forward it when the holy spirit had came and this great hovering help was present it says he walked out of that upper room and he preached a message so strong that three thousand people were added to the church that day here's peter on his own here's peter with help i know which one i would rather be And you say, well, that's great that the Holy Spirit was helping the earth. And it's great that He was helping Peter in the church. But how does He help me? We get a little clue and a little insight a little further along in John chapter 14. Let's read it. John chapter 14, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things, and He will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. He will teach you all things, And he will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So we see here one of the ways he is going to help is he is going to teach us. And one of the ways he's going to teach us is he's going to bring to our remembrance the words of Jesus when we need him. When I first read this, I would get a little frustrated because I felt like that meant I had to memorize the exact address, chapter, book, and able to completely, 100% accurately quote the words of Jesus, and if I could do that, I had put something in my heart for the Holy Spirit to use to bring back up when I needed it. When I needed it, he would bring it back up, but I have walked with God long enough, or have watched people who love God live for him long enough, I found out the words of Jesus aren't so much the fact that you can quote the address as much as the idea governs your life. So not so much that you can say, hey, here's where God told me I'm supposed to forgive... But so much to where you can say, hey, I might not be able to tell you where, but it governs my life to the point that I believe you're supposed to. I may not be able to point out where He's asked me to be generous, but it's so much a part of me that I know I'm supposed to have a generous lifestyle. So it's not that God, you've got to have it memorized, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think we should aspire to have the Word of God in our mind and in our heart and to memorize it. But if you're like me and sometimes you just can't find the words, know that if you have belief in the idea and the theme, when you need it, He will bring it up. I remember a couple years ago, I was on Facebook and I was on a group on Facebook and it was a group of landscapers, that happens to be what I do professionally, it was a group of landscapers, so I'd like to get on there and find out what different people are doing and what they're not doing. And I got on there and there was a guy that had a few minute video and I turned the video on and he was smiling so big it would break my face. And I was like, oh my goodness, this dude is happy. And he goes to start talking about a story and he says, hey... I want to put a video out because I want to say this to the two guys that broke into my shop and stole two weed eaters from me. And I'm thinking, here we go. I feel his pain. I'm ready to go. I was like, light him up, buddy. Swing. Let him hear it. I want him to know. I want to know how you feel because I know how I feel about this. So I'm thinking he's fixing to lay into them. And he goes, to those two guys, what I want you to know is is that uh, I forgive you. I was like, Whoa. Because, man, I knew Jesus had always said to pray for your enemies, but, like, this guy actually did it, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he actually prayed for his enemies. My prayer would have been, God, I hope that that weed eater does not cut that guy's leg off, you know, or I hope that the high RPMs don't give him permanent hearing damage or something. I, I, I was driving two days ago, and I, I, I must have pulled the in front of somebody or cut him off. It's, I don't know, it's debatable, but when he got around me, he let me know how unhappy he was with me. And I was like, God, I pray that he does not get arthritis in that finger. You know what I'm saying? Like That's the way I would pray for my enemies. But this guy, he really did it, and he meant it. And he goes on to say that I, God has blessed me, and I was able to buy two new, new ones, so now I have good ones, and you have good ones, so now we're both good. I hope they're a blessing to you and your family, and I hope you can make money with them. And I turned it off, and I didn't want to watch it again. Like, I said, no, I'm good. Like, I, the one time was enough conviction for me. Like, I'm good. And so I remember that video or whatever. Two weeks go by, I'm minding my business. I walk out to my trailer, and someone stole two of my weed eaters. And I was like, wow. And I go to do my normal response, um, which I could not mimic on the stage. You know what I'm saying? Like, I go to do that, and all I can think of is smiley face guy. And how he forgave. And it seemed so, I don't know, not what I wanted to do, I guess. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't want him to do it. But here, let me break it down. Um, I remembered it, and I've remembered, if that ever happened to me, I wish I could feel the way he feels about it. So in that moment, I said, Father, I forgive whoever did it. I forgive whoever did it. This is the hovering help of the Holy Spirit, who he did not remind me of a specific address in scripture but he reminded me of a theme, a thought, and an idea that had came across my life. And when I needed it most, he brought it up. And then I was never, other than that initial second, I was never mad. I never wanted ill will. I I mean, you can ask my wife, that's that's not my normal makeup, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I got over it. As uh, a matter of fact, it was never even a thing for me to get over. I wasn't mad, and then I went to bed, and I didn't lose any sleep like I normally would have for thinking someone took my property. I wasn't mad then. I woke up that morning, I had joy in my heart. I wasn't mad then. I was headed to a job to where I needed those two weed eaters, and I started pulling weeds with my hands because I just wasn't mad then. And I was better than I ever would have been and I go to lunch minding my own business not mad full of joy hoping the best I could that those weed eaters were a blessing I'm not there yet but I was hoping father please let just please and I'm thinking that way and my phone rings and there was a man on the other end of the phone that didn't know scripture or verse but he knew that there was a theme in the gospels that said he was supposed to have a generous lifestyle and he called me and he said you know what there's just something on my heart do you need two brand new weed eaters I said, where are you at, bro? Like, where are you at right now? I'm on my way. I was tired of pulling, you know. Where are you at? And I want to give you a breakdown of what took place. The Holy Spirit showed me that video. Now, I watched it. He didn't freeze my attention, but it came across my path. He helped me. And then he reminded me of it when I needed it, so he helped me help me. He helped me. He helped me help me. And then he spoke to someone else, and he helped them help me. He helped me, he helped me help me, and he helped them help me. And a matter of fact, any church that is led by the Holy Spirit should look like that. It maybe should look like this, and it probably should look like that, but it absolutely should look like a bunch of people who have realized that they could not help themselves. They stayed here long enough to get the help they needed from God, and now anyone who comes across their path, they extend that very same help. That word helper in John 14, depending on what translations you read, it's also the word comforter. And I don't know about you, but when I think of the word comforter, I think of just a big blanket. But, matter of fact, when we were growing up, my grandma, she had a bedroom in her house, and it was called the purple bedroom because it was purple. And <laughs> we've got a creative family. Um, uh, and in that purple bedroom, there was this huge comforter in there. Guess what color? Um, uh, but uh, anyways, there's a, there's a huge comforter in there. So I said, Grandma, you know what? i want to sleep in the purple bedroom. If I get a choice, the air mattress that has a hole or the bed that has the purple comforter, I'm going to choose that every time. The air mattress, you'd end up on the floor before too long. But, uh, so I chose it. So she said, okay, Ryan, you can sleep in there. So I go in there to sleep, and she's got this nice, thick comforter folded up, and she's got it put in a chair. And there's this bedspread. I mean, it's like a sheet. It's like a glorified sheet. And I'm like, Grandma, you know I get cold at night. Like, I can't handle this, that bedspread. I need that comforter. She said, Ryan, that comforter is not for use. That comforter is for looks and show only. I said, What? She said, Yeah, it's only for looks and it's only for show. And I told you a story to tell you this is that maybe you feel like that when you hear that the Holy Spirit is a comforter or He is a helper. But I want to be an alarm clock in the Holy Spirit this morning to let you know that the Holy Spirit is the God that is not made to put on a shelf, but He is the God of use he's not just for show he's not just for looks his help is just not some ethereal thing that hopefully you run into sometime in your life it's ever present it's there every morning It's there every day at any time that you need it it's right there when you need it he didn't fold up his help and put it in there and say hey purple bedroom cannot use this comforter he said no no matter what room you find yourself in life in if you need comfort there will be comfort there amen when I think about what a help that hovers does, I think about that it's a help that's just always there. You know what I'm saying? When I think about some of my best friends in life, sometimes it's through the lens, when I was younger, of if I got in trouble, who would show up the first? They could be horrible people. You know what I'm saying? Like They could, they could lead you down all the wrong paths. But the mindset I was in in that, turn, in that time of life was, if I got in a jam... Would they come get me out of it? And that's how I classify my friends. By the way, you should not do that, by the way. Like, um, you, should, they should, you should want some friends head the same way you are. But anyways, that's what I think about when I think of help. And when I think about um, uh, uh, help is how available are they or how much are they there? And if I was preaching to you about the Holy Spirit that was only in the Old Testament, I couldn't use some of the terms that I've used this morning. Because what you'll find out about the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament is, is that He came down on people for a purpose with an agenda and for a reason. And once that was done, he would lift. He would come on a prophet's life that God wanted to use their voice to speak something to a country or to a nation. And once that was done, he would lift. And if he didn't lift because he was done, he would lift sometimes because he couldn't, he couldn't mingle with that person anymore because of the decisions that they had made. Matter of fact, you can see it really clear in Psalms 51 where King David prays after he had an affair to God, God, please send your Holy Spirit back to me. So if we were operating in the Old Testament, I couldn't say some of the terms that I'm saying, but something shifted about this great hovering help of the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. And it starts right here. God is talking to John the Baptist, and he's letting him know, this is Father God, he's letting John the Baptist know how he's going to be able to tell who his son is. And he starts off by saying, you're going to see my spirit rest on him and if I was John the Baptist I'd be like yeah that's happened a lot it happened to Elijah it happened to David it happened with Abraham it happened with a lot of people so I get that his spirit's gonna rest your spirit's gonna rest on him but God wasn't done he said you're gonna see my spirit rest on him and it will never leave and John the Baptist has got his attention he's like whoa there's that that can happen that can happen. And sure enough, John's baptizing in the, um, the, the Jordan River. And he's baptizing and he's baptizing. And then here comes Jesus. And he said, make way for the way of the Lord. Here comes the Lamb of God that comes to take away the sins of the world. And he comes down and John baptizes Jesus. And the Bible is very descriptive in what happened. It says that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, fell in the form of a dove. And when it rested on Jesus, it stayed there from now on. And you say, hey, that's good, that's worth clapping over, that was Jesus. But you can see in John 14, when Jesus is talking about the Helper, He said, He's the Helper that will never leave. We see it in the book of Hebrews, where Jesus is talking about the Helper, and He says, He's the Helper that will never leave you, nor forsake you. And when I start processing where my loyalties in life are going to lie, I start processing through the lens of who's going to be here the longest. So when I think about my wife and my kids, they're going to get more time than anybody else. And past then, when I think about my family, they're going to get more time. Even if I wouldn't have chose them, they're going to be here. Like, you don't have to invite them, they show up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I start thinking through the lens of who's going to be here the longest. And if we dial that into the Holy Spirit, who should get the most of our attention? Well, the one that's going to be here the most and the longest. And Jesus made a promise to you that he would never leave once he showed up. He would never leave once he showed up. And sometimes I get personally a little conflicted because I feel like, does he really want to help me in these small things? Because ultimately, things that affect eternity are always the bigger deal. There's no doubt that it's very much more important that someone receive Jesus. Salvation is more important than you waking up in a good mood. It's always going to be more important. Eternal things are weightier, they're heavier, and they are more important. But God is not just the God of your eternity. He's the God of your right now, and He's never, ever asked you to choose between the two. He's both simultaneously. So yeah, stuff that may seem small to you, He's still interested in. And I want to put a precautionary out for you this morning to make sure that you don't redefine God's interest For him when he said that he has numbered the hairs on your head that's not just because he's really good at counting that's because of his interest and we want to make sure that we don't redefine his interest for us in the small things because he wants to help in the small things in the little things he wants to be a part he wants to be there he's a hovering help that is always there and one of the greatest ways i personally like that he helps if we see in john chapter 16 And it reads like this, verse 13. But when He, the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own initiative, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will disclose to you. Let's back it up. But when the Holy Spirit comes, the Spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. The primary way, the first way, the way that is absolute guarantee that the holy spirit is going to guide us is by the word of god no question he's going to guide us there and i want to break that down and i, I hope i want to do a good job i want to break down how he guides us with the word of god james talks about and refers to the word of god as a mirror or in other words you can say it like this that when you commit to the word of god and it becomes a part of your life that it shows you things about you that you didn't know before and you didn't know on your own. Like it can you, you can see that God has said that this is the standard for your life and you can see how much work you need to do to get there and now you know something about you that you did not know before. So the way he guides with the word of God is is that not so much that he gives you a plan to where you can have $2 million in the bank and a three-car garage, but he gives you a plan to where you can forgive better than you did before, to where now you're more patient with your kids than you were before, you're more loving to your spouse than you were before. See, if we want to get on his plan, we have to have his goals. And the goals he sets before us, is for our life to look more like Him. And then when we get in the Word of God, we see a mirror, and then we can tell how far are we from where He wants us to get. And that's not given to discourage us. That's given to make us aware. So you can call it a heightened sense of self-awareness, or you can call it a spiritual awareness, however you frame it up. That's how the Word of God leads. So when I go to the Bible as a mirror, I no longer need to ask, should I or should I not do this? Is this right or is this wrong? Those things are trivial in light of this question. Is it wise or is it not wise? Because right or wrong can look different from the lens. It can look different from the worldview. It can look different from the way someone was raised. But if it is wise for me, only you and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God can answer that. Do I have the right to do this? That's no longer a question you ask. Do I have permission to do this? No, you don't look to the Word for guidance in the arena of permission anymore. You look for the Word in the guidance of the arena of instruction. So James said it's a mirror in front of you. In other words, I see myself clear when I'm in the Word of God. That's how the Holy Spirit leads with the Word of God. He illuminates. He brings light to areas of our life that we need more of His help in. Another way that He guides um, uh, my wife, she's got this in spades. I don't know if she just hides my wallet and my keys and stuff I'm looking for and writes down where she hid it so when I ask for it, she can go right to it. Or if it's God leading her, I think it's the second, but I'm not for sure, actually. But but if I'm like, hey, babe, you seen this? Boom, she finds it. You're like, how does she got it? Well, I I believe that God can guide like that, and I I do believe it, and I've got another story to back that up. I was on a hunting trip, and I was in McAllister hunting 70,000 acres. And on this trip that I was on, there were a group of people there that said, by this time, you've got to be back at the truck and out of here or you're in trouble. And kind of by nature, I'm a rule follower. So I'm going out here looking for a spot that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do my thing. I'm looking for a spot i gonna hunt. And I'm out there. And I'm walking out and I pass three creeks. Pretty clear because I'm thinking, hey, on the way back, I'm going to pass three creeks and I'll know where I'm at. So I get out there and I kind of get turned around and I'm lost, and I find out later that on that map, it wasn't three creeks, it was one creek that just did this a lot, (laughs) so I got just to the right of it, and I couldn't find the creek, and I looked, and I didn't have any cell phone service, I'm like, man, that stinks, I I don't have any cell phone service, I can't call anybody, and they're going to, and they weren't going to, but in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to the pen, You know, they're going to arrest me. I'm going to jail. Um, It's going to happen. I didn't even do nothing wrong. I just got lost. And I pull up my phone, and the only feature I've got working on my phone is my compass. And I did not know which way I was facing but I did know which way I needed to go. So I got that going the way that I needed to go and I started walking and notice my compass did not tell me take a thousand steps this way and you're going to run into this. Take five steps that way and you're going to run into this. On Tuesday this is going to happen. On Friday this is going to happen. But my compass did tell me where my next step was. It was in the direction that I knew I needed to go. And oftentimes, the Holy Spirit leads like that. We want this definite in detail plan that He has for our life and that's not what he's about because he wants you to trust him. He'll just say, you know what, just keep going the last way that I ask you to go and if you run into something, check your compass and I'll let you know if you need to adjust. Check your compass and I'll let you know if you need to turn. And that's why we have to have his help all the time, every day. God, am I headed the right way or the words of Jesus Christ or the themes and the ideas in front of me right now so that I can glorify you with my life and I check this compass and I check it all the time and I got back to that truck 30 seconds before before they took me to jail so nervous you say 30 seconds no but I was still on time and I want to say that to you in another way this morning maybe you feel like if I've got the help of God I'm just not going to get there fast enough what's fast enough if you're still on time Come on, you want to get there. I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there two or three years earlier by myself. What good does it do you to get to a destination two or three earlier years earlier by yourself if you can't last there by yourself for two hours? What good does it do if you try to endeavor to do something with your life apart from the help of God? And once you get there, you cannot sustain the position that you have acquired on your own, and you're exhausted, and you don't like yourself, and you don't like people, and you're looking back and where did you miss it? You missed it when you stopped listening to your compass and you started listening to your own head. You say, how do I fix that? The book of Luke gives us something extremely clear. God says this, and Jesus is praying to God. He said, God, how are they going to get the Holy Spirit? And God responds, and he says this, they're going to ask. So if you find yourself, and you're like, man, I'm lost. I don't know. I haven't ever had this help. Or if I had, I haven't recognized it. How do I get back on track? God made it crystal clear. That's too simple. No, he wanted it like that. He, He wanted it like that. All you've got to do is ask this morning, I don't just want to leave you with information. I I want to leave you with some action steps, some next steps. And the first one that I would leave you with that I believe you should do is, is if you want the hovering help of the Holy Spirit in your life more, the first thing is just be aware. And sometimes what that looks like is just for me personally, when I wake up in the morning, it looks like this. And it's it's not real fancy, but it looks like, Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for my sins. And Jesus... I thank you that you sent the greatest help available to mankind down on the day of Pentecost to compass and help me lead my life. And that might be all I hit that day, but I've got myself in position, I'm aware, I'm conscious of it. Secondly, is that I'm available. God, I'm aware that you're here, and now I'm available because I know you want to help me, then you want to help me help me, and now I'm available because you want to help me help them. You want to help me and help me, help me, then you want to help me help them. So this morning before we pray, I just pray that that's on your mind this morning. One of those two areas. Hey, Holy Spirit, I want to be more aware. I want to be more available. Or maybe both.